Sim Marshall's a star. Oh, Lord. It is. She's she's a star. (laughs) I was with you. I've seen people asking for your autograph down at the gas game. Does does it feel that way? I'm just nice. You're nice, but you're a star. I'm just nice. I'm just nice. Yeah. Yes. And I love people. And people know when you love them. Yes. And so then they want to be around you and, you know. Yeah. But it's the Mavs. Yeah. Yeah. We have a great team. How do you, like, hold it in, though? Like, that stardom when you're going around, you always have that smile on you, and, you know, you're, you're taking pictures, you're doing it like that energy. Where does it come from? It's a blessing. It comes from God. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of, you know, it's a ministry. I mean, the fact that I get to do the job I do, touch people, impact lives, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm blessed every day when somebody walks up to me. And if they want to talk to me, like, I'm blessed. Yeah. And so I don't take it lightly because mm-hmm. it could be the opposite where people run if they see you or they shy away from it. So, no, I'm blessed. Yeah. And so that's the way I look at it. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I have this prayer I do every morning. And part of the prayer is, and I've, I've prayed this prayer for probably 40 years, ever since I was a professional. So over 40 years, I guess, 40, what, two years. Mm-hmm. And the part of the prayer is, Lord, keep me humble. Yeah. And so I just want to stay humble and love the people and do what he wants me to do. So yeah. I never, like, let the press clippings or the magazine covers go to my head. I think of my <laughs> grandma when you say that, though, because she's always said, don't start smelling yourself. No, you can't. You, yeah. you can't believe all that. I mean, yeah. I believe, you know, what God says. Yeah. And so, and that, you know, to be nice to people and to treat people right and to just try to live a life. I mean, you know, I don't get it right every day, but to try to live a life where people want to talk to you. And they want to hear what you have to say. And they just want to be around your spirit. And the minute that doesn't happen, like if I'm having a bad day or something, I have to check myself because that's just what I'm supposed to do in this world. Yeah. Is you know, be nice to people and help people. Absolutely. Well, listen, we're here at the Pro Sports Assembly yes. event, and they're nice to you because you have an award named after you, the Marshall Award for Values. Is that crazy? Sports. It's not crazy. Now, that is crazy. I mean, this is probably, I think, the third time that's happened to me hmm. where an award was named after me. Yeah. And every time it happens, like, I just start crying when I read it. I said, this is this is crazy. Are you going to cry? When they was the- no, I cried when I heard about oh, it. Okay. I won't cry tonight. No. Uh, but I'm really excited. I don't know if I can disclose yeah. who's getting the award. Yeah. But no, no, I'm no. really excited to present that award to her. But to have an award named after me, that's, that's amazing. That's if you had amazing. to describe that in one word, is that what you would pick amazing? It is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. And the fact that it's the Values Award. Because if I want to be known for anything, it's values. Yeah. And just trying to live out our values at the maps, character, respect, authenticity, fairness, teamwork, and safety, mm-hmm. both physical and emotional safety. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're about. We're trying to perfect our craft. So mm-hmm. just having an award named after me, somebody is saying, oh my goodness, I got close to perfecting those crafts. Yeah. Well, you deserve it though. I mean, I've seen you in action. I've seen the way people admire you. I've seen you when the guy drops a beer and I've seen what you've done. Um, <laughs> you, you were with me I when was that with happened. You. Absolutely, That's I was right. with That's you. And right. so, like, I, I, so I know that it, you deserve that, right? And, Thank and you. you're not even letting it get to your head. And mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I'm more excited about presenting the yeah. award because the person I'm presenting it to, she has such a prestigious law career. And then, Honestly, as an act of service, I uh, came over uh, to the National Basketball Players Association. Yeah. So well, you know, now you already said it's so Michelle you, Roberts, right? So you right? know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm Absolutely. talking about. And so I'm so excited to, to uh, present this award, mm-hmm. uh, just thinking about what she represents and uh, just uh, what she's done uh, for our industry and for sports in general, for women, for black women, uh, how she has really uh, taken to heart 
what the players need and she represented them and just all of it. So you let me talk about it. I told them I need more than two minutes. Mm. I need about five minutes. Absolutely. Because I got to talk about this. Sister. Absolutely. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, listen, we talk about you, right? First okay. black female to run an NBA team as a CEO position. Has yes. that feature escaped your mind? Because again, you're so humble. And has that like left your mind that you're not trying to just be known as the first, but the first of many? Correct. I, I just have a job to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know I was the first until I was in a similar interview like this. And he asked me, how does it feel to be the first black female CEO of an NBA team? And I, at, at the time, it was 2019, so I was about a year into the job. I said, there's no way I'm the first. Like, it's 2019. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be the first of anything, black or woman, in mm-hmm. 2019. But it was true. And the way I look at it is, first of all, my boss was not trying to make history when he put me in this job. Uh, Mark Cuban was really trying to make a difference for his employees. And so when I heard about that, I said, okay, I won't be the last. I mean, that's the, and it's not even pressure. I mean, that's what I carry. And it's a great thing to carry that I have to do a great job so that people won't even think twice about somebody who looks like me being in the job that I'm in. And then people will want people who look like me and who look like everybody to do a job. We won't be excluded. And so I try to do a great job every day. And then I try to make sure I'm not the last to focus on that pipeline, that pipeline of women and men, uh, that pipeline of uh, people of color and not of color, just everybody. So yeah. really trying to practice uh, inclusion. And that's what I think I represent. And so yeah. that's what I carry with it. Well, and I, I just you, have a job to do. Yeah. You know I have a well, job to do. Well, you're doing it very well. I'm you're trying. Doing very well. I'm trying. Yeah. We have a good result. Yeah. But I have yeah. a great team. I yeah. have a great team. Yeah. Well, diversity and inclusion, I know that's a big thing. We'll definitely get to that in a minute. I was okay. talking to uh, Hugh Weber, the president of the Seattle yeah. Sounders. And yeah. he was saying how the Pro Sports Assembly Awards, how it's so important, this organization, because of networking, because of you know career building. Yes. You agree with that? Oh, I agree with that. Here, here's what we set out to do. Okay. Our motto is... Uh, united in game plan, diverse in council. Mm-hmm. And so what we tried to do, we had a vision. Uh, Cassandra Carr, Laura Dixon, myself, we had a vision that said we needed to just come together. We needed to bring all leagues together. So this wasn't just an NBA thing. All leagues together to focus on the pipeline. We want to make sure we have a diverse pipeline, an inclusive culture, equitable work practices. We said we need a place where all the leagues can come together, develop that leadership pipeline, uh, do research, uh, provide an opportunity for networking, for uh, professional development. We have all kind of good stuff. Yeah. And you'll hear about it over, you know, tonight. Yeah. You know, we got the huddle. We've got the pro C-suite stuff going on. I mean, just pouring into people and developing that pipeline. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's all about. And what I love about it, we're all doing it together. You will see everybody. People who look like everybody. We're all represented. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about representation and inclusion. Yeah. Take me when you first got into sports, like 2018, right? Okay. When yes. Mark called you and, you know. February 21st, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, and you sound like you remember that call. I remember the call. Well, I remember the day too. Yeah. Because the day was impactful. I got up that morning and wrote a blog and posted it called Impact. Mm. And the ACT was capitalized at the end. And it was, it was because some big things were going on in the world that day. Um, Reverend Dr. Billy Graham had passed away at 99 years old, who impacted my life growing up. And then these teenagers, uh, they were uh, protesting in Parkland, Florida because of gun violence. And so I'm watching these teenagers and this 99-year-old having this impact on me. And I'm smack dab in the middle age-wise. And I had been retired for about maybe 10 months or whatever from AT&T, started my own consulting company, but really was sitting there thinking about what impact am I going to have? Like, what's the next move? 
I wrote this blog, I posted it on a call with the client, and then all of a sudden I got this text message. And it was ultimately from Mark Cuban. Yeah. And did you know his number? Like, was it saved in your phone or was it weird? No, I did not know him. Okay. So did you think it was so a prank? So don't judge me. Yeah, you know, I think you, okay, I'll, I'll actually tell you what I thought yeah. it was, okay? Because my phone was going off and I was on a call with my client. So I had, I had four kids, two were in college at the time. So I actually handed my husband the phone and I said, one of the kids need money. <laughs> I thought it was one of the kids. And so, you know, you know they do that. They text mom because yeah. they need money. And he came back and he said, uh, you need to get off that call. This dude doesn't need any money. He said, it's Mark Cuban trying to reach you. Something's going on here in Dallas. Mm. And so I ended up talking to him. Uh, we connected uh, that evening. And he just told me what was going on. Very sincere about, um, you know, wanting to transform the culture of his organization. I had gotten my name, I guess, from a few people. And I told him I'd pray about it. I was very uh, touched by our conversation, uh, but still hadn't decided to do it yet. I said I wanted to go home and pray about it because, you know, I'm trying to pray about mm -hmm. everything. And two women stopped me as I was leaving his office and said, um, are you the one who Mark Cuban said is going to come and work with us, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to go home and pray about it. And then they told me their stories. And, and Mark had encouraged me to talk to them when I was leaving his office and they approached me and I kind of looked at him. He said, please go and talk to them. I mean, he wanted, I mean, he was responding to uh, his folks that day. And so after they told me their stories, I went home and prayed about it. Came back the next day. I was in the building for a couple of hours before Mark even knew that I had come back. Mm. Because as soon as I walked in, employees, you know, took me into the conference room and they were just talking to me about different things. And I just fell in love with them immediately. And then the rest is history. Yeah. He came in the conference room. He said, I guess the answer is yes. Yeah. I said, yes, it is. Yeah. And we've been together on a mission for the past, what, a mm, little over five years now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So five years in, it's the mm -hmm. biggest thing you've learned about being CEO of a major sports franchise. Oh, my goodness. I, there was just so much. I knew I didn't know the business of basketball, but I didn't know how much I didn't know. And Mark wasn't worried about that. He wanted a leader. But, you know, I'm used to, you know, I worked in a place. I worked at AT&T for 36 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm used to knowing my stuff, you know, from climbing poles, yeah. you know, out with my crew and all that. Uh, so it was difficult at first, really being in a place where I didn't know the subject matter. But I knew my job was to serve. And, you know, I have my 3L leadership, you know, philosophy mm -hmm. that you know about. Listen to the people, learn from the people, and love the people. Yeah. I said, if I do that extremely well, I will be okay. Uh, we put together a diverse leadership team. I have an amazing, amazing uh, leadership team. You know some of them. And so we just said we need to do what we need to do. We put together uh, an external uh, advisory council. Mm -hmm. So the Dallas Mavericks Advisory Council, about 25, 30 people, uh, just out in different parts of uh, Dallas, different parts of the region, academ academia, business, chambers, et cetera, and the community leaders, and they advise us. Uh, on our business, we run things by them. Uh, so we put that in place. We put a set of uh, values in place, you know, those crafts. And then we laid out a vision. And a vision that said we would set the global standard for diversity and inclusion by the end of that year. Yeah. And so we just all rallied together. I had one-on-ones with every single employee. Um, my colleagues uh, from the league, across the league, they were calling me, blowing up my phone. Just, I mean, they came out to visit to just make sure that I knew what I needed to know. Uh, uh, Matt Goodman, his, you know, they call him Goody, mm -hmm. you know Goody. Uh, he was our NBA rep. Uh, he was on site with Amy Brooks a lot, just making sure that I knew the business of basketball. Uh, so there wasn't any of this, who is this woman coming in? She's from telecommunications. She doesn't know basketball. You know, 
We don't want her to be successful. It was just the opposite. Yeah. People went overboard uh, to make sure I knew what I needed to know while also trying to instill a new culture and conduct you know, two investigations. Yeah. What was it like growing up? In California. Okay, so, and I did grow up in California. I'm an East Bay girl. Mm -hmm. I'm a San Francisco Bay Area girl. I'm a Richmond, Berkeley yeah. girl, okay? But I was actually born in Birmingham, Alabama. So my parents left Birmingham when I was three months old. Uh, so you know your civil rights history, the 16th Street Baptist Church. Um, that was one of my mother's churches, okay? So when those, when I think about those four girls who lost their lives in that bombing, and of course, two others later, uh, I think about that every day. Okay, so those are my roots. Most of my relatives are in Birmingham. And so they left there to go to the Bay Area because they wanted something different for their children, four at the time, now six. And so I got a great education. Yes, I grew up in a public housing project. I saw all kind of crazy stuff. You, you know the story, okay? Um, but I really did have a good childhood. Uh, we had a lot of things going on. My mother, you know, was the victim of domestic violence. Uh, you can read my book, and I know you have it in Absolutely. your hand there. So this stuff, but I don't dwell on that. I really try to dwell. I try to dwell on the good stuff. Um, and my mother put two books in my hand at an early age: a math book in one hand and a Bible in the other, and said, "You, if you keep your head in new, these two books, you will make it out." Now, at the time, you know, I'm a kid, so I don't know what "out" means, uh, but now I know it yeah. meant just out of you know poverty, out of the projects, and all that. And so I got a great education. I had teachers and uh, principals invest in me. I had police officers invest in me. One actually took me to school when I was in the seventh grade after an incident uh, in our neighborhood, uh, in our house. And so I just had great people pouring into me. Yeah. And I ended up, you know, smart kids. So I ended up getting five full scholarships to the college of my choice. Yeah. And I chose the number one public institution in the world. Berkeley, the right? University of California at Berkeley. And I chose it not because it's the top institution in the world, but because it was close to home. Yeah. And I wanted to be close to home. Yeah. I didn't want to leave my mother. And I got a great education, put my boyfriend on hold for four years, did what I needed to do, joined a sorority, had a great college experience, and then got 13 job offers and went to work for AT&T. Yeah. And then I called that boy the day I graduated. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> I kept my promise. Yeah. I did call him yeah, the day absolutely. I graduated. Yes. Absolutely. He tried to act like he was engaged. <laughs> when you we just celebrated 40 years of marriage. Uh, wow. So What's the key? That. What's the key? Okay, here's the key to 40 years of marriage. He has a life. I have a life. And we have a life together. Yeah. I didn't give up any of who I am to be married. And he didn't give up who he is to be married to me. I am responsible for my own happiness. He is responsible for his happiness. And then together, we're doubly happy. Mm -hmm. So that's the key. Yeah. When you were going through Berkeley, you remember the biggest thing you've learned that helped you today as a CEO? Yes, uh, preparation. You have to prepare. Uh, you have to study. You have to dig in. Uh, my freshman year at Berkeley uh, was not easy. I was a straight-A student growing up. And so I didn't have to study a whole lot. And, you know, I was math, engineering, science person. And it just all came easy. And then I got to Berkeley, you know, you get to college, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden I've got to spend all this time in Moffitt Library and just really get down to business. Yeah. And so I realized the value of preparation, that things aren't going to come easy, even things that maybe came easy in the past. At some point you got to just really dig in and you got to prepare uh, to do well. And so that's what I do. Even now, my team will tell you, I'm all about preparation. 
I want to know what's going on. I want to dig in. I just don't rely on some of the skills and gifts that I have. You have to prepare. And so that's what I learned. I also learned about community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in a sorority. I was uh, the only black in my sorority. Uh, I, learned about, uh, I learned about inclusion a long time ago and about cultures working together. And I would learn that we have more in common then we have differences. And so I learned that uh, in college. Yeah. I learned a lot at Berkeley. Yeah. It's not just a great academic ins- institution. I learned a lot as a person. Yeah. How about at AT&T, the biggest thing you've learned there that helped you prepare for your role now? Uh, my three L's of leadership that I talked about earlier, the value of listening to people, listening to employees, hearing what they're saying, but more importantly, what they're not saying, uh, really learning from them, uh, being okay not knowing things and having them teach you things. And frankly, sometimes, even if they don't teach you, just being okay, not knowing it, and then loving the people. I truly learned the value of loving people as people, not as employees, but that person who gets up out of bed in the morning, the issues they have, the baggage they have, the dreams they have, uh, to love all of that. And that's what I want to walk in my doors. And so I learned that at AT AT&T. If you love these employees as people, you'll get the most out of them. Mm. And then I learned how to get stuff done because we had a lot to get done. We had a very changing industry, just like the industry I'm in now. It's a changing industry. Uh, The competitive landscape was changing all the time. And so I learned how to navigate uh, through all the changes. Yeah. Well, we're in this industry now, right? Going inside of the Mavs. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, The first piece that a lot of people in our business are talking about is the RSN piece, right? What yes. are you looking at when you see what's going on in the RSN business? Well, you know, for a while, it took me a minute to figure it out. I mean, I come from an industry where, you know, people are cutting the cord and all that. So that piece, I understood. But I didn't know exactly how we were going to respond to all that. And obviously, we have, you know, there are legal issues going on. And so they're trying to work through all that. Uh, but I'm excited now. I mean, even though things are changing, I'm excited about what could happen with us. Mm. I mean, the opportunity to have uh, more people watching our games internationally uh, because we'll be able to stream it all over the place. I mean, we're dealing with some of it now where some, you know, we get some complaints because Mm. customers can't watch us, but I think we're going to get past that. We're going to get past that. So it doesn't concern you at all where where it is, where it's headed? Oh, no, no, no. Nothing concerns me. I'm actually, our, our industry is so dynamic. That's the word I would describe. And we have people who want to be a part of it. That's actually something I really learned is, you know, I kind of fell into this, right? I got a phone call. But there are people who are like sports majors or who, you know, they've worked in this industry for a long time. They understand this industry. And so people who are here want to be here. And it's so exciting. We have creative people. We've got all generations involved in this. And I actually, I'm just waiting for us to really be turned loose Mm -hmm. because I think the answer is out there. There's so much innovation out there, like at the Mavs. We're really looking at uh, data and analytics uh, to to just inform us, uh, to tell us how we better serve our fan base, uh, to tell us how we better serve our international uh, audience. I mean, we have, what, seven or eight international players? I mean, this is a global game, which I'm really excited. We Mm -hmm. will be playing in Abu Dhabi in Mm -hmm. October. Uh, This is a global game for us. And so how do we tap into the international space? And the NBA has done a great job. Uh, putting together an international program uh, to really help the teams, uh, you know, bring in sponsors and look at the international base. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our new sponsors that we have, new partnerships that we have. Uh, You know about our social justice program, Mm -hmm. Mavs Take Action. We get calls almost every day uh, from partners out there saying we want to be a part of that. So right now we have TIA, 
Shift Key, Chime, Coca-Cola, different ones wanting to be a part of what we are doing. And you know, we do a lot uh, in that space. Uh, so to watch just how our industry touches everybody and it touches just about everything. Uh, you know, I'm a big public policy person and I look at how we influence also what's going on there, how our players step up and respond to what's happening uh, in the public policy uh, environment, in the social justice environment. I mean, this industry has everything in it, everything. And yeah. so I'm excited about it. Absolutely, absolutely. When you can you, probably tell. I, I, can, I can, but you're always excited, though. You're always excited. Um, I am. How, how do you deal with when someone is attacking the brand? Like, what's your, what's your tech? steps to make sure that it doesn't, you know, the brand doesn't suffer severe damage. And I'm referring to when the Mavs got, you know, fined by the NBA for the alleged tanking and, yes. and all of that. I don't know how many phone calls you got from corporate sponsors because they don't want to be associated with things like that. I got that. them. You got them. Right? How got do you them. deal with that? Okay, here's what I deal with. And it's actually one of the things that I learned at AT&T. I'll send this to you one day. Mm -hmm. I have this list of 15 things. I have 15 jobs at AT&T, so 13,088 days. And I learned something extremely valuable in every single one of them. And one job in particular, when I was uh, leading our regulatory environment in San Francisco, I was leading it for California, was to protect the brand. And you protect the brand at all costs. You never lie, so you have integrity, and that's part of the brand. You know what your values are, so you make decisions based on the brand, character, respect, authenticity, fairness, teamwork, and safety. They're just not on the walls, mm -hmm. but they operate in the halls. And so that's my go-to spot. I go to our values. I look at our decisions, and I say, okay, do I think what we did comports with our values? Uh, most of the time is yes. And if I think there's, like, room for some discussion, internally we have that discussion. We don't just say, okay, we're going to just blow off these people that are calling us. We respond to everybody who calls us. In a situation like that, I will get involved and I will call yeah. the fans because that's important. We respect them. Uh, we honor them. Their voices matter. Uh, our workplace promise is every voice matters and everybody belongs. That includes our fans. Yeah. That includes our sponsors. So when they call, we respond. If we need to make changes, we will. If we need to explain something, we will. If we have one or two where it's just so out of line and you know they're not seeing it the way we're seeing it and we believe they're wrong we will respectfully uh, agree to disagree but we respect every single call that we get well what was the response from the corporate partners were they mad or were they upset actually it was uh it was less than i thought uh you know we have this whole spreadsheet and i still keep it on my desk mm -hmm. because i want to make sure even when the season starts we're responding uh we only lost just a few we lost just a few uh because of that yes but people right. wanted to just talk they wanted to understand it. And sometimes you can't explain it in the moment. Uh, sometimes maybe people don't really truly understand it. Uh, but we'll talk about it. And so they, you know, some expressed their concerns. And then some were, they, they were just opposite. I mean, we had uh, a lot who said, I understand what you guys are doing and all that. And mm -hmm. nobody really knows, mm -hmm. you know, what we did. Yeah. Uh, we just... Uh, you know, some decisions were made. Yeah. Did you call Mark like, hey, can you not do that ever again? Or did he call you and apologize? Say, he said, I did not mean to put you out there. Now, you know, I am not going to tell you about <laughs> my conversations with my boss. Yeah. But we always have good conversations. You know, he sits right there baseline. And so I'm, uh, you know, right up from him. We, right. I mean, we were together one day, so you know where we are. And so we always have eye contact. We text all that. So we're communicating all, right. all the time. All right.
Right. Yeah. So when you, you you're looking right, and you're going, and and you get past that. Yes. Now we talk revenue, right? Yes. It's a three plus billion dollar franchise. Yes. You know, over three hundred million in revenue. Yes. How do you grow that? Where is the new lines of streams coming from? Especially after you max out ticketing and the sponsorships. Like, where is that new money coming? Right. Well, we still have a maxed out ticketing. I think what we have to do is figure out how to, and we're using uh, data and analytics and some tools. Uh, uh, Matt Goodman is leading that whole effort for us to really take the data and say, okay, what are the fan, what are the buying habits? Uh, what do our fans really want that we're not giving them? And of course, you know, we're going to monetize it. I mm -hmm. mean, some things you'll get for free. Uh, what kind of services should we provide them? Uh, what's our e-commerce uh, strategy? Uh, what kind of sponsors are out there that we haven't even tapped into? Partners that we haven't tapped into? Uh, and that's where all the data and the analytics uh, will come in. And so we mine through all of that. And then our international piece, I think, is big for us. I don't think we have scratched the surface on what we should do uh, internationally. Yeah. And then, of course, with streaming and all the opportunities we have in this space, uh, I just think there's a lot to tap into. Yeah. Anything coming up in 2023, 2023, 2024 season that people can look forward to? Well, I think you'll see some, I won't give it away, but I think you'll see some different features uh, in our arena. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, you'll It's be, going through a renovation right now. It's right? going yeah. through a renovation and you'll be excited about, but even the way we're going to serve some of our uh, fans in there, we're going to focus more on just the ones courtside. Uh, so you'll see a lot of different fan experiences. Uh, we'll expand our theme nights. Mm -hmm. uh, so tapping more into uh, our community, uh, I think you'll see an, uh, an e-commerce strategy uh, executed on, uh, which will be great. Uh, you'll see us do a lot in the uh, online space. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a lot more because, you know, we have 19,200 people that can fit in our arena, sometimes maybe up to 20,000, depends on how we configure it. But we have millions of customers. Most of our fans are not in our building. And so you will see us do a lot more to reach out to those fans. Yeah, yeah. Leadership pipelining inside the organization. Anything that you're doing differently that maybe other teams and franchises can learn from when you talk about leadership, advancing people of color, advancing women, is anything that the Mavs are doing different? Oh yeah, we're still very focused on making sure we have everyone represented at our table. So my leadership team, I'll just start with that, is 50% women and 50% people of color. Mm -hmm. And not just so we can rattle off those numbers, but we believe in the business case that's associated with that that we just have more creativity, more innovation, uh, more insight uh, into people when we have all that representation at the table. Mm -hmm. And so you see, you will see that at every table below my table. So we're very, very focused on that. Uh, we went to a new structure. So I no longer have 14 direct reports. I remember you and I talked mm -hmm. about that. It was so much. Uh, so now I have uh, seven direct reports. So yeah. there are eight around on the senior leadership team. Uh, we put a chief revenue officer and chief operating officer structure uh, in place, which is working uh, extremely well. Yeah. Extremely yeah. well. And the chief revenue officer deal. So black. The Hodges, yes, yeah, yes, 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 absolutely. yes. Absolutely. Um, help a sister out, right? I mean, that, that alone is That's something what that we you, do. Absolutely. That's what we you, do. You push that philosophy for years. <laughs> That's right. Um, when I say diversity and inclusion or inclusion, diversity, whatever you want, however you want to phrase it, what yes. comes to mind? Well, you know, it's interesting because I've, you know, sometimes I still, you know, consult with people. I get calls all the time about this whole space. And for years I have said, lead with inclusion. This is about creating an inclusive culture. And, you know, I always say, and we've heard it before, and I didn't, I didn't invent this, okay? Diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. You can have all these people at the table, but not include them. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is really create an inclusive culture. And it's about fairness. 
So I've kind of coined a new phrase that says the fee for admission, F-E-E. It's about fairness, it's about equality, and it's about engagement mm. for everybody. And that's what we'll be focused a lot on. Uh, our Maps Take Action uh, social justice program, uh, we're at the end of that three years. So we're talking now about, you know, what are the big initiatives uh, that, uh, you know, sponsors and partners uh, really embraced that we can take to another level. Uh, what are the things that will just go kind of naturally into our community space? And then what are the new things? What are the new things going on out there that we believe we need to respond to and be a leader for our region? I mean, we're, we are the leader. Yeah. The Mavs are leading in this space, which yeah. is awesome. Absolutely. Now, leading outside of the Mavs and looking at the whole overall NBA picture, right? Yes. You're on calls with Adam Silver all the time. He yes. probably talks to team, yeah, team presidents <laughs> and CEOs more than he talks to the owners. Yes, he's because very engaged. Absolutely. You guys are in, in, involved in the business. Yes. Um, if you had to describe the NBA and the state of the NBA in one word, what would it be? Well, I think I said it earlier. Dynamic. Dynamic. Why dynamic? It's very dynamic. Uh, it changes in a good way. Um, and so I think uh, more changes are to come. I don't even think we can anticipate everything that's coming. It's like kind of that behind the back pass. You know, mm -hmm. you don't even look. It's just coming. Okay. And we just got to be ready for it. It changes every day, every day. Last thing for me, when you think about this book you've written, right? You've, you've been, been chosen. That's yeah, me. Yeah, this is your baby. Right? Yeah, that's my baby. Um, you think about everything, all the life blessings you've been through, right? Yes. Overcoming cancer. Um, what yes. sent Marshall's superpower? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I have a, I have a couple of superpowers. Okay. One is my memory. I have a great memory mm -hmm. and you'll see a story. You'll read a story in the book about when I got chemo brain and I could remember my daughter's name and it was devastating. And it was especially devastating because I have a great memory and I rely on that memory. But that memory also helps me think about where I came from and think about all the things that the Lord has blessed me to overcome, all the people in my life, past and present, who shaped me. And so that memory really is my superpower. And I focus on the good stuff. I focus on that. I think my superpower is also the ability to truly love people as people. Um, I don't get hung up on a lot of stuff, okay, because I know we're all human, uh, we're all people, and we're, for the most part, we're all in here just trying to make this world better. And so that's my superpower. I have the ability to focus and weed out distractions so we can go and get this good stuff done. Absolutely. And the Lord has just surrounded me with great, great people. So they're the real superpowers. Yeah. Well, you have the superpower to smile. You're your star. <laughs> <laughs> you are too much. I need you to just stay right here forever. I'm not going to let you go back because you put out great energy and that's what it's all about. Yeah. We're all in this together. Yeah. I mean, really, we have a lot of stuff that goes on in the public policy space. If you watch the news a lot, sometimes you can get discouraged. There's so much good stuff that happens, and we have an opportunity to make more good stuff happen by doing what we're doing today, Absolutely. sitting and having the dialogue, just talking about it. We have something called the huddle, where we just sit down and we talk about issues and have courageous uh, conversations. I had one recently with uh, Ms. Opal Lee, mm. the grandmother of Juneteenth, just to learn her story and to understand more about all of that. That's what we have to do. We have to do more of this. Absolutely. And then smile in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sam Marshall, thank you for the time. Thank you. Go Mavs. <laughs>